on 2SM and the Super Network. High Tide. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing. Welcome back to High Tide. Kieran Allen and Grant in the studio. And we've still got our strong wind warnings current up and down the coast. So uh, please be careful if you're going offshore. It's going to get a little bit warmer today, especially at the western areas of Sydney. Sydney itself won't be too bad, but um, the, you know, the coastal weather we're talking, southerlies 15 to 20, reaching up to 30 this evening. Um, even up north around Woolai, there's a northerly 15 to 20, reaching 30 knots south of Cape Byron during the afternoon and evening, all the way down to Ulladulla. Southerly 15 to 25, reaching up to 30 offshore, south of Maria Heads this evening. So just be a bit careful if you're going out there. But, okay. Uh, where are we going to now? Well, we're, just, we're going to go up to the Gold Coast and talk to our good friend Timmy Simpson. But here in Sydney Harbour at Fort Denison, high tide will be at 8.15 a.m. This morning, 1.67. Low tide will be at... 2.38 p.m., 0.43 of a metre, and another high tonight at 8.31. That'll be 1.44 of a metre. So there's a good metre movement in the tides, which is good for fishing. Glad you agree. Okay, let's go to Timmy Simpson. Morning, Tim. Good morning, guys. How How's Timmy? How are we, Tim? Oh, very good. Yeah, excited, actually. Excited? I'm, uh, heading to Cairns on Thursday. Uh-oh. I can't wait. Going for Big Marlin, are we? Oh, we, we are, yes. Ah. Very Big Marlin. In fact, world record Marlin, hopefully. Oh, okay. Um, we're taking quite a long shot. We're going for giant black Marlin on ultralight tackle. So it'll be it'll be very challenging. And Hang on. Uh, hang on. When you say ultralight tackle, what sort of... <clears throat> uh, well, we've got a couple of different line classes, but one that we're looking at is four kilo. Oof. Hang on, hang on. Eight, and what size fish are you going to catch in a? What sort of fish are you going to catch in a four kilo line? Oh, I don't know. Maybe four hundred pounds or five hundred pounds, something like that. That's a gentle touch, isn't it? <laughs> well, see, like I said, it's see a how long Timmy's stretch. a real fisherman. Yeah, he talks in the multiple number like comes back to pounds, not two hundred kilo. <laughs> well, it sounds bigger, Kieran. It does, I know. <laughs> hang, hang on, how much line would you have on a reel if you're expecting to try and get 400 pounds with four kilo? Yeah, well, uh, around 200 kilos for those that can't convert. But um, uh, generally, we fish with a reel holding a thousand metres of line. A kilometre of line. <laughs> yeah, a kilometre of line. And, um, you know, there's times when we've had most of that out. Yes. But really, the uh, the catching of a world record like that, uh, and to beat records that have been set that are, you know, up around that, that size range, it, it's more a game of strategy rather than horsepower. So you can't, you know, stop... A 200 kilo marlin with four kilo tackle, you, you know that's crazy. Yeah. But you can outsmart them and outmaneuver them, and like I say, it's a game of strategy more than horsepower. And uh, Tim, do you want well, to just uh, broaden that uh, for those unaware? Uh, the when you hook up like that, you're backing down on the on the fish more than what you've going forward um yes and if the fish spooks and and takes off and you know mm. lights the afterburners well uh, then to stay connected with that lighter line with the water pressure we sometimes even turn the boat round and chase it going forwards so we can go faster yeah and the angler either has to run up the side of the boat to the bow and sit on the bow or um just keep the line down the side of the boat off the quarter and uh, the captain carefully drives the boat forward and uh, gets close to the fish with the angler, you know, doing his best to hold on. So uh, it'll be a chase. It'll be a game of strategy. It's strategy all the way from the beginning because to to bait a a marlin of that size, we're going to use a fairly substantial bait and, you can't tow that with four kilo tackle up in the outrigger like usual. So we're going to tow teasers 
and get a marlin up on the teasers, then what probably will be my job is bring the teasers in without letting the marlin eat it. He's chasing it, trying to eat the teaser, and I'm trying desperately to wind the teaser out of its mouth and drag it back to the boat. He chases it all the way to the boat, then right at the transom at the back of the boat, the angler drops his reel bait in. I whip the teaser out of the water. The marlin's revved up and hungry and trying to eat something and grab it, and there's the reel bait with the hook in it, and he pounces on it, and we get a hook up right at the transom. So then... That eliminates a, a lot of toughness, doesn't it? Well, you know, it's it exactly where he very, does very, them from there, the fish. Well, that's right. It makes for some very, very fast and furious action because you're hooking the boat, mm. hooking the fish when he's only, you know, 10 metres from the boat. Which, and, you, which, uh, which is commonly called switchbaiting. That's right. And, uh, you know, hopefully he jumps out and has a thrash around and we're right there. So he jumps and thrashes and carries on and, if he's sitting on the surface catching his breath after all that, and if we're still connected, the captain can manoeuvre the boat up beside it and we grab the trace and have a go. And then the real fireworks start. And, uh, you know, that's that's it in a 30-second nutshell, but it's uh, often a far more complicated game than that. Yeah. Hey, Tim, I'll take you back a few years. we we'll go back to the 90s. I just can't remember the lady's name that come out that uh, took on a few records and you know as uh, stand up Marlon Fisher lady chasing uh, records. Yeah, Marsha Beerman maybe. Yeah, I think that was her name. Yeah, she was quite a groundbreaker and yeah. uh, she she taught a lot of people back in the in 80s, those days. 90s and and you know a lot of game fishermen. Uh, particularly in America, but but around the world, they fished out of a game chair, and she said, "No, no, no, you know, get a get a slightly different kind of rod with a different shorter butt, and don't sit in the game chair. Stand up and fight them." And, mm-hmm. and that was her big deal: was stand up and fight. Don't sit in the game chair, and and uh, it quite revolutionised the the game fishing world. She taught a lot of people on. Even heavier tackle, you know, tackle that used yeah. to always be fished in a game chair. She said, no, no, you, if you've got the right equipment and you've got to have, you know, a harness and a good quality rod bucket and a different design of rod that suits stand-up fishing, but you can do it. And and since then, you know, anglers around the world have gone to catch enormous fish on stand-up tackle. Yeah, well, and that's what, what brought that to my attention was when you mentioned that he that the particular fisherman could be moving up to the front of the boat. So yes. that, uh, wow. instantly he's come out of the chair. Yes. And and, uh, and I thought, oh, well, he's gone to that class as a stand-up fisherman. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And and without having a stand-up rod and reel mm. um, and the harness equipment that goes with it, you are tied to the chair and, and you're very limited but with stand-up tackle you can you can you know run around you can and it's not as simple as people can... think hey tim it's pretty easy that if you're not real careful they'll nick you over the over the side of the boat <laughs> well <laughs> particularly when you're walking down the side of the boat hooked up with a load <laughs> on the reel <laughs> let me tell you i've had a couple of close calls doing that <laughs> But it's you know it's all part of the fun. It's it's good, and uh, if you're careful, you you know there's very very rarely any accidents. But you you certainly got to be careful, absolutely. But the other thing with stand up tackle, Kieran, you can have multiple people hooked up, and there's times when uh, you're fishing for school fish, and it may be yellowfin tuna, or bluefin tuna, or it could be sailfish, and you know you would get a pack of fish up. And I know some friends of mine over in Western Australia, they've got a a large charter boat with a big back deck. And they've had 10 people hooked up on sailfish at the same time. 10. That would be interesting. And got them all. Wow. Wow. Yeah. and That that is tricky. Oh, (laughs) that takes real skill. And, uh, and And a lot of knitting. 
you, you're, you're weaving under and over and because yeah. the, the fish are jumping everywhere and getting crossed up and you know if you leave your line crossed it'll it'll burn through and and you'll break your line but um if you're going to do that and you've got fish with multiple anglers you've got to watch where your line is watch where your fish is and say okay i'm going under you and he's going over him and then under that one and it's like knitting but um good fun it's all part of the challenge and it it just makes it really exciting yeah i've been on boats where we've had five yellowfin tuna hooked up oh yeah they're all they're all down underneath the boat and all sort of doing their circling and uh yeah that yeah, i've experienced that with leon thomas and ross hunter yeah yeah that's right and uh you know, that's good fun with multiple anglers and you're all standing up and bending over the rail and, and uh, trying to work out whose fish is under whose and, you know. This is this leads me to the question of uh, where I've known you've done an article or a couple of them. Yesterday I was talking to the people that came down from Port Macquarie and other people that come to Blake's Marine to have a look at the North Bank and oh, the yeah. depth in the hull there and I was talking about how more secure you feel when you like your hips can lean from there down as against your knees. Yes, yes. The design of the boat can be crucial in effective game fishing because particularly stand-up fishing, you are up against the edge of the boat. And as you say, if the boat's too high, you can't, Maneuver your rod. You can't. You can't pump a fish, lifting it up and down because your rod hits the rail, or the butt of yep. the rod hits the rail. So you can have a gunnel that's too high, <clears throat> but conversely, if the rail or the edge of the boat, the gunnel is too low, you don't feel supported and you feel very vulnerable to getting tipped over the side when you've hooked up under load. So having the right height of gunnel is very important if you're going to be stand-up game fishing, uh, particularly on the heavier tackle because you've got a lot of strain and you're, you're battling just to stay on your feet. And if you can't brace yourself against the edge of the boat, then you've got a real problem. But, you know, thankfully, North Bank, they make a very, very good boat and uh, it, it's designed for fishermen and uh, I think you had a chat with Al McGlashan, and, and he's a very hardcore fisherman, does a lot of fishing for all sorts of fish, but including some, you know, heavy tackle game fishing. And uh, he finds his North Bank boat absolutely brilliant. He loves it. Yeah, he's, he's very impressed with it. And uh, he's a good uh, person for the brand, but he's someone who uses the boat all the time, which is very good. Yeah, but, you know, the guys at North Bank, when they were designing the model that Al's got, you know, they talked to Al and said, you know, what do you need? What do you want? <clears throat> and they took advice from anglers and crafted a boat that ideally suits that sort of fishing. So okay. it, it pays to get a boat that's suited for the fishing that you do, whether whether you need a casting deck up on the bow and you need a bit of area to be walking around and standing and casting or whether you're down in the cockpit and you need room and the right gunnel height for game yeah. fishing you you've got to get a boat that's tailored to serious fishing rather than just a cruiser that's you know they, they didn't even think of fishing when they built it <laughs> that's it okay tim thank you very much for that you enjoy cans look forward to catching up finding out what the, the results are yeah well we've got a big challenge and we're either going to come home heroes or zero. <laughs> <laughs> Will you have contact? Will we be able to talk to you while you're out on the water? Uh, I'll I give you a call. We're out on the outer reef, so yeah, I, I think we're way out of phone range. Unless you've got Starlink on board. Yeah, look, if we can, it'd be great. Um, hmm. But, I, yeah, I, I think I'll have to catch up with you when we get back. Okay, no worries, Tim. Thanks, well, thanks for that. Have a great day. So, yeah, that's Timmy Simpson. And, He's a very keen and very yeah, good fisher. From Melinda Pavey, there's your next adventure. After Offshore chasing marlin. Melinda's not offshore chasing marlin. She's up at uh, Berkeley Yurunga Estuary Sport Fishing Tournament. Oh, okay. We'll find out about that after the break. 
On 2SM and the Super Network, talking sport. When we played the Kiwis back in 95, my right eye would always open up. So I'd have 18, 20 stitches every game. Mm. And I spilled blood for Australia. It was just most brutal games, Kiwis. You know when you're up against them, mate, they're, uh, they're handing out bruises for fun. Weekdays from three. I was the very first streaker at the cricket ground when Australia played the West Indies. Very first day night match. Are you serious? <laughs> West Indies and in yeah. Australia in the very first day night match. I thought I had to do something. Well, on a famous day that we celebrate, it's nice to have a famous person on, Snowy. <laughs> That's incredible, Snowy. <laughs> Love the show. You know what, Spud? After seeing you, especially on my screen, I'm going to go up a gear. Two four-kilo weights. I'm going to go to the four kilos. <laughs> <laughs> mate, when you're there, go and buy yourself a bib for your dribbling. See you, mate. <laughs> We're back tomorrow, folks. Talk of sport. 13-12-69. Talk and sport. Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Made from olives grown in northern Victoria, they're harvested and first cold pressed within four to six hours to create a premium quality oil. This is what guarantees every bottle of Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour, elevating your entertaining and making your food taste even better. Cobram Estate, premium quality, great tasting and the healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. Relax and unwind before you take off when you stay overnight at Ridges Gold Coast Airport Hotel. Located just a minute's walk to the terminal and a five-minute stroll to the beach, Ridges Gold Coast Airport Hotel is your perfect home away from home. Enjoy a sundowner and meal at Ridges Rooftop Bar with views along the Gold Coast beaches and the hinterland. Visit ridges.com or you can call... Zero seven five six one nine eight one nine eight. Peters of Kensington's Bridal Registry Service has been the first choice for couples for nearly 40 years. Peters offers an Australian-wide registry service, not just for weddings, but for any occasion. With their legendary customer service, years of experience and huge range, finding that perfect gift for your big day couldn't be easier. Visit Peters of Kensington, 57 Anzac Parade, Kensington, or organise your registry online at petersofkensington.com.au. Why in the world would you shop anywhere else but Peters of Kensington? For the toughest jobs, at home or on the job site, you need the toughest gear. For almost 50 years, Sherlock Wheelbarrows have been hard at work for the weekend warrior and tradie alike. They make moving mulch, bricks, concrete and waste around the home or job site easier because Sherlock lasts longer. Lighten your load with Sherlock. Visit the full range at sherlocklastlonger.com.au. Available at Bunnings Warehouse. Listen to 2SM online. 2SMSuperNetwork.com. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could Welcome back to High Tide. Kieran Allen and Grant in the studio. Let's go up to a nice part of the world. You're hungry. I think there's a little fishing comp going on up here. The Honourable Melinda Pavey, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Yeah, I, I'm not involved in a fishing comp, but I saw it on the Facebook feed this morning and I saw those beautiful flathead yes. caught here in the, the, the Bellinger and the Kalang River um, and it explained why there was a hell of a lot more boats out yesterday than normal. <laughs> I thought you sent it to me because the, the girls are winning all the bits and pieces there. Well, that is one of the reasons I sent it to you, because it showed great diversity in fishing um, and great quality of fish as well. So um, I'll see if I can find one of the organisers this week and, and get them on yeah. the program to talk about I, I think fishing is one of the sports where you're not really after diversity because it's there for everyone and everyone has the same opportunity to catch things and do things. Yeah. Except one guy who, who just asked us, Does the, if I buy a norb, North Bank, will it come with fish? Oh, Grant. Okay, yeah, but that's here. Yeah. He needs help. <laughs> and actually, listening to that um, guest that you just had on, who was excellent, um, my brother, he's been doing a bit of private chefing on a on a big fishing boat up there in North Queensland, um, having travelled up from the Gold Coast. They let him on the fishing boat the other day, and he caught a marlin, and he Good. said it was, um, it was very exciting. And, you know, he, it was a tag and release job. But yes. um, they were all very nervous because he wasn't, you know, a big fisherman. But he managed to pull it in, and it was um, a big effort. And 
you followed the instructions to a T and managed it and enjoyed and you know, had one of those wonderful life experiences. Oh, look, it, it is a good experience. I, I can relate. Um, we were up in the Coral Sea a couple of years ago and uh, Anne and Wendy um, both hooked up on Black Marlin at the same time on, on our boat and uh, it was great to see these two blacks uh, dancing outside, and Wendy managed to get hers to the boat. Uh, Anne lost hers, but uh, just you know, just once in a lifetime type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And this area, um, as you know, around Port Stephens and out out there on the shelf, there's always been a bit of marlin fishing. I was just, and it just reminded me of a story. Um, have you ever heard about Bob Hope um, out fishing and, and was on a charter flight and and um, landed um, crash landed down in the Camden Haven? No. Yeah, many, well, obviously decades and decades ago, it must have been 40 or 50 years ago, yeah, he was out on a on a big fishing event um, and was on a charter flight and uh, had a bit of a crash landing in the Camden Haven. Yeah, didn't so know just, that one. Just as a, um, yeah, a fascinating story, um, but again, showing the, the natural beauty and, and why people come to this part of the world. Yeah. Well, Lee Marvin used to like coming over here to go marling fishing. Yeah, he caught his first marlin, uh, Brazaka, who used yeah. to be on this program way back in the early 90s, right through the early 2000s. And Brazaka took to him McGraw, for his first marlin. Yeah. He was married to Ali McGraw. Was he? Okay. From Love Story. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Mm. I read something about that this week as well. Now I have more time to read things. <laughs> <laughs> And this morning, I'm um, Warren. He's he's getting ready. He's going off to the um, North Coast Surf Life Saving Nipper Championships up at Wagulga. So he'll be on the beach being an official. Um, hopefully, not being yelled at by cranky parents because their kids aren't winning. And um, as we say, if that happens, then you know officials make a mistake. We'll dock their pay, um, yeah. which means I'll still earn nothing. And um, I'm off to Bellingen, uh, the showground. Um, the, the community is putting on a thank you for to acknowledge the 100th anniversary of the Bellingen show. Oh, okay. Um, and we're putting on a special morning tea, or when we say we, a lot of people have put a lot of effort into organising it. I'm just going along to help do the dishes. Um, but just a, a nice thing. We've, you know, the last decade or so here on the North Coast, we've celebrated the 100 years of rail um, uh, as it's come from, you know, Taree. Then we had Warhope, Kempsey, Nambucca, and a couple of months ago we had Yurunga, um, which then coincided with populations moving up here. And we're, now we've got the 100th anniversary of the Balanchine Show Society. Oh, good. And I was just having a look at that uh, plane that Bob Hope was on when it went down in 14th of August 1944. And there's a photo of his, uh, opposite the Dunbogan boat ship where it landed. And maybe it, it came down because there's only one propeller left out of the two on the Catalina. <laughs> you wonder what he was doing here. I mean, that was the end of the Pacific War, 1944. That's right. Yeah, 45 yeah, finished. Yeah, so... Yeah, uh, towards the end of... They yeah, could, have been doing, uh, could have been doing shows or some of that. Yeah, um, he must have been. But yeah, yeah I... I for some reason, I have it in my mind he was doing some marlin fishing. Yeah, I'm glad you Googled and checked me, but I certainly didn't have the date, but um, a fascinating story of survival. Yeah, I think yeah, there was a, he had a troop on board with him, so it was uh, they've been out here doing some uh, shows for the troops. Okay, that yeah. sounds right, doesn't it? Yes. But but, uh, I'm sure I, he got a fish in. I've yeah. got to let you know. What? Out of the yeah. several groups of people that I spoke to at Blake's Marine yesterday... Every one of them was a fan of yours. And three of the women said, nobody in the house is allowed to speak to them while Melinda Pavey is on the program. <laughs> Go to so girls. I just stood Go there and caught that. Took it all on board. Yep, okay. You have a lot of female listeners. They tell me that. They love it. They love it. And especially this time of year when it's a beautiful morning already. The sun is out. Had a glorious sunrise over the river. Um, it's a really gorgeous day, but as Laurie said earlier, um, the wind in the afternoon's been horrid, and I do feel sorry for him that he can't take either of his boats out at the moment because the ocean's too big and it's too windy. But luckily, there's a lot of fish in the rivers, including, as I heard him say, herring season starting. Yeah, I thought you'd be down flicking the lure around off the wharf. <laughs> Um, yeah, I could, couldn't I? I could be out paddle boarding. <laughs> That's it. Um, 
one of my mates down the, the, the river, he's bought one of those surfboards, the electric surfboards. Yes. Like. So he's, um, you know, that just looks amazing. Uh, you've got to be, a, if you're a really good um, snow skier and even water skier, then you'll be a very good um, you know, electric surfboard rider. So that, Is that's, that right? Uh, that's, that's showing a lot of promise and a lot of fun. Okay. And what do you got coming up the next couple of weeks, leading into Christmas? Uh, just getting ready for Christmas. Uh, good news. Both the children will be home. No overseas trips for them. Um, so, Jack, we're excited about that. And I'm, you can hear my voice, my croaky voice. I'm still getting over the, the dreaded COVID. Okay. Um, last week I was too sick. I couldn't even talk to come on. Um, but, yeah, just make sure you, you get your rat tests and look after yourself because um, I've had it once before and it was fine. I barely, you know, barely acknowledged it. Uh, but this time around it's, it's pretty vicious. Well, you heard what happened to PJ with his trip over to Montana. No, what happened? He's gone over there for, to see if he could bag an elk, and he's got there and travelled all the way and got up to the re- the resort in the middle of the mountains, started feeling sick and tested positive for COVID, so he had to go back down to a motel for six days, so he missed the his slot time to, to go and get an elk. Oh, I want to cry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awful. So, oh, poor PJ. So uh, he wasn't happy. Oh, I can't imagine. I mean, imagine sitting in a motel in the middle of Montana when you <laughs> you paid all that money. That's right. <laughs> um, and, and, oh, well, you have to come back here and get stuck into some of the deer in our national parks because we've got too many. We've got yeah. too many. Speaking of national parks and deer, just moving on to a different one, the Brumbies. This is a very emotive subject for a lot of people. Uh, what do we do with the, the Brumbies in the national parks? Well, the... Governments um, made it very clear that you know what lobby group and what who they're listening to on that front. Um, it is a very mighty issue. Uh, I don't understand uh, helicopters and you know guns and and doing it that way. As we know, Victoria allows um, shooting to happen within their national parks in a very controlled and safe way. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of discussion around the numbers and the authenticity of the numbers. Um, it's a very vexed issue. It is part of our heritage. And, you know, we've, while we're focusing just on the horses, what about the wild pigs? Yes. What about the deers? What about all the other um, issues? Camels. And, you know, yeah. and the money that we're spending on this program and on this debate, um, and we've got a lot of natural land that uh, doesn't have, you know, the right attention, the right level of, you know, hazard reduction. You know, we saw during the fires up here three years ago, you know, they were putting in um, fire breaks. They were trying to actually get access to, to put fire breaks in. They were having, you know, bulldozers in the middle of the fires to try and get access. They were knocking over trees that were on the on fire trails that were over 10 years old. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. You know, you've got to manage the land that you've got. Otherwise, you burn your koalas, you don't look after, you know, their native habitat and the diversity, which everybody wants us to do. Yeah. Uh, you make a good point with that one. It, um, it, it's in their ears and their eyes for a short period of time after fire, then they go back to their old ways. Oh, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. Yeah. So. Now, my job next week is to try and find someone from the Berkeley Fishing Comp um, yes. to come on and talk about, you know, and th- that was the beautiful thing about the photos that I sent you that was on the Facebook page. You know, there was two young teenage girls and a mum and just having a great time. That's what it's all about. That's what it's yep. all about. Okay, Mel, thank you very much for your time this morning. You have a great week and hopefully you're feeling better. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye. bye. The Honourable Melinda Baby. And uh, it's always good to catch up with her and see that what's happening. That confirms what the ladies were saying yesterday. They need a Melinda Pavey back in charge because she has common sense. Melinda Pavey for Premier. I think so. There you go. We'll take a break. Listen to High Tide, the Super Network. From sailboats to yachts to jet skis, Finance Easy offer leisure craft loans with flexible repayments to suit your budget and lifestyle. And they give you an answer within 24 hours. They've taken the hassle out of borrowing money for your new pride and joy, offering a large range of lenders with rates more competitive than the bank. Applying is easy. Visit the website and provide a few details. 
Go to financeeasy.com.au or call 1300 003 003. Australian Credit Licence Number 392182. Today I'm talking to Glenn, who is one of Arborvitae's many happy customers. Hi, Glenn. Hello, Leith. When did you start taking Arborvitae and what for? My mild arthritis had progressively deteriorated. It was reaching the stage of me being virtually crippled. A friend of mine suggested that I try Arborvitae, so I gave it a go. What benefits have you noticed from Arborvitae? After just the first bottle. The pain went from 8 out of 10 down to a manageable 2 or 3 out of 10. Are you happy to recommend Arborvitae and what would you tell our listeners about this product? Absolutely. I've told all my friends to give it a go. The secret is to have 2 or 3 bottles till the pain subsides and check dose that you're having the correct amount. It's wonderful to hear how much of a positive impact it has had on your life. Thanks for your time, Glenn. Arborvitae is an easy to take daily supplement that may help manage some of the most common health disorders caused by inflammation. Arborvitae Health supplements are now available at Chemist Warehouse, Australia's cheapest chemist. Arborvitae.com.au Always read the label and follow the directions for use. With Angel Flight, hundreds of needy, seriously ill Australians don't have to spend painful days on the road. Angel Flight pilots fly them there, free of charge, turning miles into minutes. So please, support the work of Angel Flight or get involved as a volunteer pilot or driver and help bring blessed relief to people who so desperately need some. Get a great deal more with Kubota's in-stock catalogue. Check out Kubota's excavators, mowers, utility vehicles, generators and tractor range, which perfectly match to Kubota's land pride attachments. All available for immediate delivery. Let Kubota help to get your property ready for summer. With package deals, competitive finance rates and extended warranties, there's never been a better time to get yourself into a new Kubota machine. Visit kubota.com.au to view the in-stock catalogue now. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. They make Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers, which offer protection like no other. So you can get out and about knowing that the interior is protected from spills, mud, sand, dogs, even messy family members. Razorback 4x4 have the strongest, most comfy seat covers this side of the black stump, and they're customizable with free shipping Australia-wide. Head to razorback4x4.com.au and grab some for your four-wheel drive today. That's razorback4x4.com.au. This is 2SM Sydney. More of High Tide on 2SM and the Super Network. Thanks to Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. If only I could go fishing down the river again. Up before the sun with a can of worms running with my friend. Just waiting for Kieran to get ready. It's good fun. Yeah, well, you want to read the paper, Kieran, or do you want to talk on the... Well, sorry, yeah. sorry for what interrupting you your paper this morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get it right. Okay, uh, I'll give you the tides for Port Dennis. And 8.15 this morning will be a high of 1.67 metres. Low tide will be at 238.43 of a metre and another high tonight at 8.31 at 1.44, and if you're out in the west, it's going to be 36, 38 degrees. 38 degrees out uh, Richmond today. Did you read that uh, SES just got $25 million from new equipment, new flood boats and things like that, which is good to see? Mm, it is. It's taken a year to get there. Okay, report from the complete angler at Villawood, 938 Woodville Road, from uh, Mike. And I don't know, Mike Latter must be off fishing somewhere, Kieran, because he didn't want to speak to us this morning. But he said, uh, what a week of weather it's been. It's either heavens raining down hellfire or bright and sunny days. For those who've been brave enough to head out in the, this weather, a uh, bit of a rundown. So the Kings have still been around at Sydney Harbour, the same as last week, with Middle Harbour and the main body of the harbour holding some good fish. Uh, they've been a bit tricky to hook, unfortunately, with live or very fresh squid working the best, with other baits such as small yakas also working well. The piers and even further upstream towards Greenwich are seeing some good fish. 
Botany Bay is still quiet for the Kings. Uh, not a lot of action happening inside. Although out the front on the ocean rocks, there's a possibility to hit them with all this weather would be a good idea. This time of year is a great time to head out there and target those bigger models. So having good live baits and effective lures such as sluggos are a great way to targeting these fish. The bay's been quiet for kings, but it doesn't mean there aren't fish in them. Uh, there are football fields of tailor schools, um, so it's a good time to head out and throw some metal lures uh, or trawl some hard-bodied minnows. With a large amount of small baits which are around, uh, using smaller profiles would be a good idea to maximise your catch. The bay has also seen a rise in flathead numbers with the warmer water temperatures. The flatheads start to increase in their activity, especially for the lure fishermen. Uh, with more reaction bites and more surface action. Ramsgate Beach, Tower and in the Georges River itself, um, even Como and Tomoglis Bridges are great spots to target. The rivers have uh, still continued to fish well with both the Parramatta and the Georges River holding some good brim uh, with their numbers increasing every week. The Parramatta River has also had some large trevally as well. Uh, mostly being caught on pearl prawns, but small soft plastics and vibes are great ways to targeting them also. The Georges River has seen good numbers of estuary perch uh, with small prawn lures uh, still dominating uh, the scene catching these fish. The Hawkshire River has been fishing well with some good flathead going around the 80 centimetre range. Uh, that's been taken around Brooklyn. Brim is still quite prolific with Apple Tree Bay and Barrow Creek being good areas to target. Mulloway have been caught on and off lately. You looking for me? You got Bertie online? That's a yes, is it? Okay, I'll, I'll shut up there. I'll just add one thing to the Hawkesbury River. Mooney, Mooney. Someone's on a boat to nowhere. Morning, Paul. Good morning, mate. How are you? I'm oh, good. Grant's having a go at you on a boat to nowhere. Oh, oh, I know. I was going to say it's uh, six months. Six months on a leaky boat. No, the other. <laughs> uh, do you, how's your trip to nowhere going? Mate, um, I just uh, walked outside and it's, uh, it's windy as all. So, Jesus, windy. It's normally windy. Yes. We're heading back up the coast. We've just been going up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> We had a look at the AOS track, and it is up and down, up and down. <laughs> oh, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you. But um, the boat's got about, I think it's got about three thousand people on it, maybe four thousand. I don't know. What's it carry? It's about four thousand from memory. It's about sixteen hundred crew. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. But I'm, I'm pleased to say, I'm pleased, and only on high tide, only on high tide. That yesterday, in front of a lot of people, like thousands, on top of the pool deck, that were standing up on the top deck and the next deck down from the pool, all looking, all watching, that, yes, I won the international belly flop competition. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I got up there, guts and all, and it was a gutsy move, and uh, fell into the pool face, face first and, uh, and won. So um, I'm very happy that I got a trophy, uh, which is locked in the safe. People try to take it, and um, and it's been a, a fantastic uh, afternoon evening, and start to today, which is just the first time I've looked at it. Okay, <laughs> just a, a just a couple of little stats, and I can see why you're doing the belly flop on there. On a yeah. seven day cruise on the Ovation of the Seas, they normally consume around three thousand three hundred kilos of chicken, five thousand one hundred kilos of beef, six thousand eight hundred kilos of potato, nice. seventeen hundred kilos of hot chips. Yep. 1,800 kilos of bacon, 850 kilos of salmon, 238 kilos of ice cream, 3,150 eggs, and for you, 714 kilo of lobster tails. Beautiful. Yep, the main lobster tails. And and they, uh, and they consume um, 10,685 litres of booze. It is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. But the one thing that amazes me, they mostly consume about 15 kilos of Vegemite a day. Is that right? Yeah, you think of fifteen kilos of Vegemite. That's a lot of Vegemite. <laughs> That's a lot of Vegemite. You go to Costco and you get those one kilo tubs. That lasts six months. How many kids they got on the boat? Uh, not enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got my boys here. My boys are uh, in next door, so that was good. 
Um, one got home late, 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 late this morning, so I'm not sure what he got up to. But anyway, it was pretty good. There's a little casino on this boat, so hopefully not too bad on that one. But, um, you know, it's, it's good. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'll have to check the account today. <laughs> Oh, well, no, that's no. good. Hey, Paul, we yeah, just mate. need to take a break. Can you hang on for a sec for us? Take mate, a deep breath. Go. Got nowhere to go. <laughs> Afternoons with Pete Davis. You're talking about the Prime Minister and, and the amount of times that he's been overseas, right? Yes. And there's reports going around that he's been overseas 17 out of 18 months. There you go. This is 2SM. Well, getting China on side, him and the Prime Minister, I don't know whether that's because we need them more than they need us or they need us yeah. more than we need them. That's I, even the case. Well, I think it just comes down to what we've been saying is it's the communication. This is 2SM. With Pete Davis. Want accurate weight and ADG for every animal in your mob or herd? Consider True Test Walk Over Weighing. It's precision livestock farming where you can capture weights on every animal, not just a selection of them. With automated weighing and drafting you can trust, you can make decisions on your top and bottom performers with ease. With 24-7 support every step of the way. Get True Test Walk Over Weighing working for you. Phone 1-800-248-774 or visit truetest.com. Sherlock Wheelbarrows for almost 50 years, making moving mulch, bricks, concrete and waste around the home or job site easier. Sherlock lasts longer. Sherlock. Visit the full range at sherlocklastslonger.com.au. Available at Bunnings Warehouse. With 20 tab tracks across New South Wales and plenty of greyhound racing action daily, thedogs.com.au is the home for everything greyhound racing. Watch all New South Wales greyhound racing live, plus view on-demand replays and get expert form analysis and tips on every race. The Black Book function allows you to add your chosen dogs and trainers to let you know when they're running next and update you with their results. It's the one-stop shop for greyhound racing. Visit thedogs.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Conferences and corporate golf days that will really impress your guests are par for the course at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. Not one, not two, but three functional conference spaces and a contemporary clubhouse overlooking their picturesque 18th green. Make Twin Creeks your ideal conference or corporate golf day venue. To find out more, go to twincreeksgolf.com.au or phone Twin Creeks helpful function staff on 9670 Recently retired and want to give back to the community? Looking to contribute to a worthwhile cause? Join View Clubs of Australia, a friendly women's network in your local community. View supports the Smith family to help Australian children in need break the cycle of poverty. Become a member today. Call 1800 805 366 or go to view.org.au. At Catholic Healthcare, you'll experience an holistic approach to aged care, mind, body and spirit. Step into a community where you can discover the joy of connection, belonging and renewed independence. Call Catholic Healthcare today. We are all about you. 2SM has Sydney talking. An open smile. Paul, I think he's having a go at you. That's a love boat for me. <laughs> you know what the worst one was? You know, no, actually, I can't say that. It was a, um, they, they put me, uh, they said I had to need to go to this floor because I had to go up to the room last night to change out something. And uh, it was a formal, it was a black, it was a black tie formal, you know, so we, we got dressed up in a packing suit and uh, all that. It was a 70s show on. And I said, I will meet you at this deck at uh, you know seven o'clock. I said, right. So I went up there. And I didn't realise I went in there. It was the LGBTQ. Um, you had a meet and greet. I was walking looking for. I had no idea where I was. Do you have pineapples upside down on your door? Mate, I wore a pineapple shirt. Her blackie. It made it even worse. Plenty of people wanted to turn that shirt inside out. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, the idea is to go away and enjoy yourself for a couple of days and get away from everything. It sounds like you have. 
Mate, I, I, I'm very gullible. I am naive and I don't understand a lot of things, but I um, kind of still don't. But, uh, you know, it was one of those things out here. Yeah, you, uh, I, you know, went, in, went off the coast, whatever. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> night. <laughs> anyway, I caught up with him at about 1 p.m., 1 a.m. this morning, so it was all right. Um, it was a very, very pretty good evening. Right, I can say um, this uh, ovation of the seas, it's uh, uh, silent. It's a silent mover. Like, yes, so when you're going with it at the moment, into the wind, but when we're going with the wind, you, you can't hear anything. You're just no. a silent glider on the ocean, even though this is powered by monstrous engines and it's so huge, is that you don't hear anything. And that's the, the fascinating part for me, is that you're like, wow. It, it, you know, it's it's just the engineering uh, of this uh, this vessel, or I guess probably all ships, I don't know, uh, is just how quickly and silent they are on, on, the, on yeah. top of the ocean. Mm. Yeah. You're, you're, not, you're not going very fast, so it wouldn't be making much noise. No, we're not, no, no. Well, I, I'd say probably going off yesterday's, um, I know you said we're doing about seven and a half knots yesterday. Yeah. Apparent wind was around 40, 42. Yes. I, I reckon that apparent wind's probably even stronger this morning. It's pretty yeah. bloody, pretty windy out here at the moment. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, I'll tell you what we did see, um, some uh, tuna schools, so obviously they're out here at the moment if anyone wants to get out, but it's pretty rough, I'd wait. Um, we have had a lot of uh, fish up on the uh, on the coast over the past week. I was uh, talking yesterday about uh, you know, the dolphin fish and the kingfish, but the kingfish at the moment, if you want to try something a bit different, is on the nine mile, which is uh, out of Tweed Head. So you go out of Tweed and you've got Fido's, uh, the nine mile, you've got uh, you know, the inside reefs and all that sort of stuff off Cook Island is that you can go up there with stick baits and try your luck for kingfish. Now, it's a lot of fun. The reef up there is, uh, comes from about 140 feet of water up to the tops around 28 12 to 30 feet, we'll call it. And, um, and that pinnacle is where you can really pull fish off the front ledge. Now, the northern glide is, a, is part of the reef where it sort of, you'll see the current hit it, and then it just it calms off. Even if it's rough as, you still get that calmness, that calm line across the northern edge, and that's where, the, uh, where a lot of the kingies sit there in the northeast corner. Um, so using some large, uh, you know, stick baits or, or uh, even big poppers would work very well. Um, I think the armor glide, the Shimano armor glide, would be a killer there. Actually, uh, we're going to try and get up there later this week if the weather's any good uh, in, in our boat. But um, yeah, the armor glide would be a, 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 an absolute, cunningly amazing uh, lure because when you cast it, obviously the back end folds in front of the front. You know, it sort of folds in half, so it sort of goes together like a suitcase, and it just pegs out. It's really well weighted. And when that thing hits the water, it'll obviously, you know, sink down. You can get the sink, uh, slow sink. But it just wants to sit just under the surface and you can just do that nice slow wind. And having the break in the, in the middle of the lure, very similar to what the old Rapala used to do, where you had the uh, break in the middle there, so the tail had its own section. These lures here are a little bit similar in the sense that they are uh, jointed, but they've got, uh, they're, they're very close to the design of a, of a, uh, of a kingfish, of a, uh, of a, of like a bait fish. But the kingfish would climb all over them. So, that's something I'm going to give that a crack at. But if you can't get a, a lure into their, into their mouth and make them bite, is get a live bait. Uh, the, the yakas and the slimers up there are in amazing schools. Amazing schools. You, know, they're, they're, you find a pinnacle out there and you'll be able to find so much bait hanging off it. Not the nine mile, you don't get much bait on that. But uh, even like the, you know, the 10 minute mark or straight off uh, Snapper Rocks, point, uh, point Danger, you'll get uh, a lot of bait there always. And um, they go out there and just float one. Don't use any weight. Just so, well, you, you, look, actually. Ignore that. Go to weight. So you can go like a size one or a size two or a size three ball sinker. Just enough weight just to get that fish down under the surface. And I'd also put one out on the surface. I wouldn't put it down the bottom with a size eight ball sinker. You know, you've got to lift it up off the bottom a lot all the time because the depth goes from 140 up to 30, you know, down to, to, to 50, down to 60, back up to 25. So you've really got to watch that depth, otherwise you'll get tangled and snagged. And, here. So a light sinker and just floating that out across the top of the water is a good idea. And if you're going to put him out, it's really hard to cast out a bait that's unweighted sometimes, is to um, just drop him out, troll him out. So once you get to your spot, you might be 30 metres away from it. Put your lures out the back, just slowly motor in, keep your free swirl open on your reel, whether it's a, an overhead or a, um, or a spinner. Keep the free swirl open and, and then just let the lure, let the, uh, the fish out. And when you get to the spot, just lock it up. Set your drag to be a bit lighter or whatever it might be, and um, and that way your fish is you know 100 feet away from your boat and you're on top of the mark. So that's an easy way of, of getting your bait out if it's unweighted. Just drop it out before you actually get to the spot. Now, how do you rig up your live bait when you're trolling for kings or, or just? Uh... Yeah, mate. I normally I don't pin rig them twice um, if I'm going to have them uh, swimming across the surface. You're going to find the fish. I won't sort of mouth and I'll just eat them. 
So I'll, I'll just go one uh, one hook under the jaw and out through the nose. So you could bridle him if you wanted to. Yeah, bridle is, is you, know, you're not, you guys and I know bridling is, but for everyone else, if you don't, what it is is you, you get a, a rigging needle. Um, it's just like a long piece of wire with a little hook on the end. You put your rubber band on that and you put that in front of his eye, not through his eye, but in front of his eye socket, there's a little bit of uh, like a, just a clear part of the bridge there. And you put that through that, put the rubber band through, and then just unhook the bait needle, put that back on the um, on the bait board. And then you've got a rubber band that's going from one side of the fish's head through to the other side, through that bit of cartilage, okay? Um, and then you just half-hitch that over each other and then half-hitch over, the, yeah, over your hook. So that way you've got no metal in the fish. And he yeah. can move around quite easily. You can imagine with a, with a rubber band, he's, he's got a bit of play. Yeah. Um, the other way is obviously just under the jaw and not out through the mouth. Um, just hold his gills. I don't want to, a lot of people will just grab the fish's belly and across his back with their hand and then try and hook underneath and bring it out through his nose. And the thing is, you're going to break the fish's neck. Yeah. So the idea is to, to grab the fish's neck and the body and the top of the fish so he's secure, nothing to move, under the jaw and out through his nose. And I'd be running something like a circle hook as well, octopus circle. The gamma cats are octopus circle in about a 7 or an 8 But if you're going after big fish, you go maybe about a 9 or 10. But... Um, if they're really small bait fish um, that you're running, maybe three or four inches or five inches, you might go down to a five, say five or a six o, okay. depending on the size of the bait. To the size okay. of the book Thank you, sir. We're going to go. Grant's coming up with something. Want to step outside today? Oh, um, no, but you can jump on Seven Plus and check it out, or um, jump on our YouTube, Step Outside YouTube page. And he's Click playing. Like. He's right. playing six months of leaky bait for you now. That's all right, mate. I've got the village people knocking on the door. I've got to go see you. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. See you. See you later, Mr. Bert. <laughs> Keep uh, your eye on your sky while you're out there, Bertie. <laughs> oh, uh, he's a good boy. Thank you for listening, Ron. Been a good show today. Bit of fun? Yeah, bit of fun. But, bit uh, of learning this morning from uh, Timmy Simpson yes, as well. Yes, it always is. Want to go offshore? Yeah, yeah, enjoy too. that. Peter Sayer was very good as well. It's it, amazing how much work actually, you got to do if they do international stuff. It's not as simple as just getting yourself a boat, a boat yeah. and going offshore That's and true. coming back. Thank you for listening. Same time, same channel next Saturday and Sunday. What about North Bank? On sale tomorrow? Yeah, come in and have a look. We've got a couple of boats sitting there waiting for people to have a look. Stacer? Yeah, Stacer and Bar Crusher as well. Okay, you have a great day. You've done a good job this morning, Mumbles. (laughs) Safe boating, everyone. Keep you on that sky, kids. Super Network News. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has spoken about the importance of his trip to China. Mr Albanese says Australia's relationship with China is a key focus moving forward. Whenever news breaks, we are there. HSC test scores reveal there is a gap in results between male and female students. The Herald reports students from the wealthiest backgrounds are three times more likely to secure a band six than those from the poorest areas of Sydney. A group of Australians who were freed from Gaza have arrived home. They were among hundreds of people who were trapped in Gaza when the conflict with Israel erupted last month. Foreign ministers around the world have met in Oman to discuss the conflict in Gaza. Many plead the case to US Secretary of State Antony Blinken to pursue an immediate ceasefire in the region. Jordan's representative Ayman Safadi says the entire Middle East is becoming embroiled in the conflict. Super Network News is there.